Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm coming to you this week from Mexico, so you may hear some birds in the background. And for those of you who follow me, you may think, wait, Mexico? Weren't you in Mexico in April? Are you back in Mexico? Yes, we are. We came back. We just love the place that we visited so much. And when we left, we didn't feel complete with the place, the energy here. And so we decided to come back for a variety of reasons and just relish in the beauty of the land and the ocean and the culture here. Travel has always been something that, one, I've absolutely enjoyed, and two, has been a vehicle of personal development for me. I've learned so much about myself when I travel, especially when I experience other cultures. Travel definitely can push some of your stress buttons. There's a lot that can go wrong, like on our trip out here. We had a huge delay with our flight, mechanical issues, so on and so forth. And it really teaches you about surrender, which is the topic of our show today. In life, we think that we have control. We want control. We hate uncertainty. But really, we have free will. We have dominion. We have some control. But when it comes to the big picture of life, there's so much that can happen. And we really don't have a lot of control. And when we accept that, and lean into surrender and allow life to lead us, even if it's not in the direction that our ego or our mind might want, magic can really happen. Surrender is one of those sexy spiritual words that maybe people get tattooed on their arm or they have a necklace of, or it's an affirmation, or they choose their word of the year. When you actually experiment with surrender, you learn that it is one of the most profound, often intense spiritual experiences you can have. And I have the perfect person here to talk to you about the magic of surrender, my longtime friend, Coot Blackson. Coot and I have been friends for over 10 years. We both are graduates of the University of Santa Monica, where we got our spiritual psychology degree. We're both members of the Transformational Leadership Council. We just adore each other. And he's a friend that I've been able to go to for so much truth, so much wisdom, He's a shoulder that I cried on and leaned on many times in my life where I was going through heartbreak or uncertainty or any kind of difficulty. And he's had quite an epic few years where a lot has happened in his life. And he's learned through experience, which is how we all learn, about the magic of surrender. And right now I'm surrendering to the bird that is just having a morning right outside the window. I don't know if you can hear that, but the bird is going off. So we're just going to surrender to that. Let me tell you a little bit more about Coot. He's a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He speaks at countless events he organizes around the world as well as outside events. He's the winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award. He's widely considered a next generational leader in the field of personal development. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. He's got quite a story, which he shares in his new book, The Magic of Surrender, which I highly recommend. I read it before the interview and loved it. I just whizzed through it. You can get that at Amazon and all the places, and you can also learn more about Coot at CootBlackson.com. Before we dive into the interview, I want to share with you a couple things. First, Steph and I are hosting another group event on our most popular topic we've ever done. So we did a group event on intimacy, love, and sex back in either the fall or early part of this year. And 
we had so many people show up. We didn't get to all the questions. So we're doing it again on June 1st at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, it is recorded. So don't worry if you're not available live. We're going to talk about all things related to intimacy, love, and sex. This will be a really juicy event. It's only $20. Go to christinehasler.com slash group. And once again, it is recorded if you can't make it live. We're also gearing up for our relationship course, which you can join live or just buy the course and go through at your own pace. It doesn't matter. If you join live, you will be able to get some live coaching from us. But if you're not able to join live, we'll also be hosting a two-hour live call in July for all the people that weren't able to make it live. The relationship retreat is going to be amazing. We are so excited about it. We've been planning a lot of it while we've been here in Mexico. And you're going to learn a lot. You're going to experience a lot. And it is open for people in relationship or people that want to have a relationship and want to learn some of the relationship tools and strategies for healthy, conscious relationship and sacred union so that when that special someone comes along, you are ready. You can go to christinehasler.com slash relationship course to learn more about that. And finally, I want to thank my sponsor for the show, Organifi. You've heard me talk about Organifi and how much I love their products, superfoods, organic ingredients, sourcing from the best. They are my go-to when I travel. I make sure whenever we travel, we have their immunity packs, their green packs, and their red packs. So we make sure we are getting all the nutrition that we need. Simple, easy to throw in my suitcase than just toss in a water bottle and get our nutrients for the day. You can get 20% off all Organifi products when you go to Organifi.com slash over it. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it. Fill your cart with all kinds of goodness and get 20% off. And now on to my conversation with my dear friend, Coop Blackson. Coot, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. It's great to be here. <laughs> I was thinking about it, my friend. And how long have we known each other? A good decade or so. Wow. Has it been 10 years? I think so. I think 2010, so. 2010, yeah. 2011. It's yeah. been a good moment. Huh? It's, it's, been, it's been a moment. And wow, 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 yeah, wow. Flies. And you, well, first, it's just so nice to have a male friend that just has been both a voice of wisdom and relatability to me. You were always mm. someone that I could go to and feel <laughs> really safe and really heard and really seen. And then when the moment was right, you drop in some truth bomb <laughs> that was like, <laughs> oh, wow. Not only is Coop my friend, but he's incredibly insightful. And you, like me, have had quite a journey of, of life. And before we dive into your awesome new book, I'd just like to ask you, what's, what's the lesson that's really up for you right now? What are you in in this earth school moment? What are you really diving into and, and learning right now? Well, I mean, believe it or not, I think it's a deepening of surrender. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when you write a book about something, as I think you used to say that too, you know, when you yeah. write a book about something, somehow the universe uh, puts you through the different nuances and lessons around that. And for me, uh, surrender has been the name of the game on many levels, literally. Um, well, started years ago, a few years back, but I think especially in the last year, um, you know, in the last year, 
much like you, I think a few years before I, I left LA after 20, 20 years, 20 some years, never thought I'd leave Los Angeles. Um, let's see, let go of my office in LA, let go of my apartment in LA, never thought that would happen. Um, ended up in Phoenix, where I had a house there, but literally ended up living there full time. Didn't think that would happen. Ended up uh, falling in love and then breaking up uh, with a woman I thought I was uh, going to marry. And, you know, that was pretty intense and the huge surrender process again. And, you know, uh, couldn't travel. A lot of my business is based on travel and surrendering and letting go. And, and just, just, just truly uh, surrendering in a very, very deep way on all levels, all conditions. And uh, it's been deep, you know, ended up selling my house in Phoenix. Uh, never thought that would happen. Moving to <laughs> moving to Miami, never thought that would happen literally weeks later. And so it's really been a process of of truly living the dimensions of what I've been writing about, teaching about at a whole nother level to fully, deeply live the unknown, embrace the unknown, love through the unknown, free fall in the unknown, um, allow life to lead me and, you know, progress and live forward in life, yet um, simultaneously uh, give up the need to know what's yeah. going to happen uh, at the same time, you know, and so it's been beautiful and profound and you know what it feels like it, it feels like christine it's kind of like there's different levels as we evolve and so you know maybe 20 years ago it's like here we are and it, what's the word you know like 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 let's say in a garden where you have the that is it like a like a tightrope what's it called where you where you're kind of balancing mm. on a rope to cross to cross from one pole to the other yeah. pole, then you, then you fall off but there's the, a safety the, net. The, 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 this, there's a safety net or the rope isn't too high, so mm -hmm. you really don't fall off. You just step down. And so for me, around surrender, it feels like uh, where I'm kind of playing at now, it feels literally like the tightrope is between the twin towers and, you know, <laughs> so high with no safety net. And, and yeah. so it's, it's exhilarating and it is, I feel, calling me forth and inviting me to put all of my shall we say, spiritual practices and insights and depth and trust and, you know, pull parts of myself out to go where I've not gone before. And also simultaneously um, being, I feel, invited to shed uh, and recreate myself profoundly as an entrepreneur, as a, um, I feel like the universe is kind of pushing me out into the world to create in a whole different way. Yeah. and impact in a whole different way and create structures entrepreneurially in, in, in ways that uh, I really haven't. And so that's it's exciting. It's really yeah. exciting and it's, and it's definitely the unknown. But I feel like <clears throat> for me, the next level of my uh, Dharma expression purpose is being birthed simultaneously while not knowing. And you make it sound really good, but I suspect it doesn't. And I think especially 2020, when there was so much uncertainty, we really came face to face with our relationship to not having control and control is an illusion. Anyway, from my perspective, there's certain things we have influence mm. over choice over 
And I guess there's certain things we have control over. I mean, I can control that I'm picking up my water glass and having a drink of water. But I think we were all humbled this year in terms of really seeing we don't have control on whether where people were affected directly by the pandemic or their life, it seemed, just took a U-turn or just went a totally different direction. There's been a lot of, as I say, expectation hangovers this year. And we really got to see, one, how much control we thought we had that we actually didn't, but two, what our relationship was like to uncertainty. So why do you think we humans... <laughs> have such a hard time with uncertainty. Why do you feel that we just love control? Yeah, I think control is a is sort of the ego's uh, survival uh, mechanism. You know, the way that the ego, our perceived sense of self, made up of our beliefs, our stories, our um, shall we say our memories, you know, and, and what we perceive ourselves to be this, this structure that we hold onto and identify with as me, as Coot, as Christine, as Johnny, as Susie, this, this sort of sense of selfingness that we believe to be ourselves. Uh, I think control is one of the ways that that sense of identity and the ego's existence is reinforced and the mm. more we can control the more we feel we're in control the more we feel safe or have the illusion of safety the more ego feels it is preserved it's okay it's it, it exists and so i think that also creates a way of trying to control life and do and and manifest and 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 force and be the doer in life because being the doer or the controller in life gives us that sense of I, small I, right. exist. I exist, I exist, I exist. And so I think it's kind of scary uh, in moments to surrender and let go of this sense of control because in doing that, it is also letting go of the sense of um, I-ness, you know, and an individual identity, separate sense of separate self. And so um, it can be terrifying, especially the more mm -hmm. we, we, we think of ourselves as this mind, body, form, human, you know, identity mechanism. Uh, it certainly feels like that. A lot of the yeah. time, like it certainly yeah. feels like I am this three-dimensional being with this mind and this body, you know, on this timeline doing this thing. And for me, so much of my spiritual practice has been realizing that that's an illusion and realizing mm -hmm. that there's so much more. And sometimes it takes a good slap in the face of surrender. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've had the kind of surrender, you know, the sexy spiritual surrender coot where, you know, you say a mantra and you're choosing it and you're just living in the flow of life. And then I've had the kind of surrender that's not so sexy where I've just been like brought to my knees. Yeah. Everything feels like it's slipping through my fingertips. Yeah. I have no control and it's kind of like I give up. And I love for you, because I have an opinion on this based on my own experience, the difference between resignation and surrender. And I'd love you to unpack a little bit the difference between giving up, because I think some people confuse surrender with, I'm just giving up. Yeah. To, surrender to me isn't giving up. Surrender 
is it is letting go of control, at least the perceived sense of control. Surrender is uh, when we stop trying to manipulate and force life. Surrender is, you know, kind of letting go of the idea of who we thought we should be and the life that we think we should be living so that we can kind of allow more. But what I would say surrender, I think, is the, in terms of resignation, it, connected to that, surrender is the authentic um, shall we say, open-hearted participation in the process of life that is unfolding. And that's one way where it differs from, let's say, reg- resignation. So when you're really, truly, truly in the depth of surrender, there is, um, an, uh, there, there is an open-hearted participation in what's happening, even though it's difficult, even though it's challenging, even though it's terrifying, even though it's scary, even though you have no idea what the hell is going to happen on the other side, you're participating with the process mm-hmm. as fully and genuinely as you can, you know, with as much of a sincerity and an open heart as you can. With resignation, you might be in acceptance, like, okay, this is what it is. It is what it is. My husband is what he is. My wife is what she is. But I'm resigned to the point where there is a giving up there. You're, 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 it's kind of like energetically your hands are crossed and you're, you're not open mm. to more. You're not fully participating with the process to learn the lessons that you need to learn. You see, when we're truly surrendering, we, we realize, I think, at a, at a deeper depth, whether consciously or not, that as, as souls, we incarnate into this human experience. And life, to me, is a classroom for our soul's evolution. Every situation, every experience, every relationship mm. is the opportunity to learn lessons and everything and everyone, every moment ultimately is part of that curriculum for, wh- for which we're incarnated to grow, learn and evolve. And so I think when we're truly surrendering, even if it's challenging as hell and crazy and shit's falling apart, when we can have an understanding that, okay, it's about the evolution. It's about the evolutionary process. It's about the lessons that I can learn even in this moment. And that's the real, that's the real success. That's the real gain. That's the real blessing. The surface stuff is challenging, you know, it's difficult, acknowledged. But the real process is going on at a deeper level of soul. Then I think surrender becomes how we participate with that and i think that's the difference where yeah. you're not you you haven't given up you are you yes you are giving up and letting go of things that you've been holding on to that maybe are no longer aligned that are no longer working you're getting in touch with deeper levels of truth and giving those up but you're 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 engaging in life, you know, you're, you're giving the moment the best that you've got, even if it's not a lot in the moment, you're giving it the best that you got and focusing on, okay, what can I learn? How can mm-hmm. I grow? How can I evolve? You know, okay, it's raining outside. Okay, I'm not going to just shut myself inside and be pissed off and mad and upset and scream at God and protest. I'm going to say, okay, how can we, how can we use this situation? How can we work with this situation for our highest good. Maybe it's raining outside, so we, you know, invite the family indoors. Maybe we go play in the rain. Maybe we go. I mean, who knows? But how can we, how can we engage the situation and you and use it for growth mm. and evolution? And mm. I think that's that's the difference between surrender and resignation. Resignation, you're like, fuck it, I'm done. I'm yeah. giving up. Yeah, and yeah. you feel like you're, you're being checked. punished and you're it's shut down. Yeah. It's yeah. a shutdown. Whereas surrender, true surrender, is an openness. Mm-hmm. But I think to move from, let's say acceptance 
to surrender, I think a lot of reasons that what I've seen in my life and what I observe many times in my clients is to move from acceptance to surrender. I think there's a stage that isn't honored or isn't truly uh, gone through or fully I, 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 sometimes avoided. And I would say it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stage of grieving. Yeah, I, think I was going to guess that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> many times yeah. we don't we don't fully get to that that open hearted surrender because we don't allow ourselves to grieve the the loss, the loss of you know youth, the loss of a parent, the loss of a person, the loss of a relationship, and the pain. I think when we're truly surrendering, truly authentically surrendering. There's gonna be some sadness. There's yeah. going there's going to be grief. And it's not that something's wrong. It's just that means you're truly come you're moving beyond acceptance to really letting go. And I think many times we avoid that that phase of grieving because you know, we're afraid it will last forever. We're yeah. afraid we, we won't be able to cope. Um, sometimes we don't truly allow ourselves to grieve because it's kind of a an unconscious way of holding on to a person because there's a fear of, oh, if I really grieve that my mother has passed away, yeah. then I may have to acknowledge that she's really gone. Sure, but if I don't know. grieve it, then I can be in denial, right? And so yeah. then we don't surrender again. And so sometimes, you know, what I've seen too is one of the reasons we don't grieve is a kind of a, a spiritual bypass. Yep. where it's like, oh, I want to stay in a high vibe, Christine. I want to stay in a high vibe. And so <laughs> we suppress the grief. And as a result, we carry that energetic, vibrational, emotional frequency with us in our bodies, in our nervous system, covering up our heart. And we end yeah. up recreating situations. And we end up attracting situations that are resonating with that grief anyway. So yeah. I think just to really honor the grief is such an important piece of surrender that I think is often missed. And so sometimes we try to skip the surrender as fast as we can without truly being with the grieving because surrender is a it, it, it's a death yes. it's a death of a dream that you talk about the expectations of 2020 we came into 2020 with all these expectations and shit didn't happen and things didn't go and it's like it's a death and so to to feel that you know all feelings remain present until we feel them and to truly feel them with awareness and let them move through us then we can cycle through that and release and truly, I think, move into a space of more genuine, authentic openness and surrender. Mm, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up grief because I, when I was going through a grieving <clears throat> process, I read The Smell of Rain on Dust. I don't know if you've mm, ever read that book. I haven't heard of that. Um, it's a great book. And it's, it, he, the author talks about how you know, we grieve because we love. If you really mm -hmm. want to know love, you have to know grief. It mm. is, it's just part of it. And it's, it, the grief is honoring the love. Mm. And, um, I, I remember when I was in my grieving process, people would say to me, oh, well, they, they'd positive, they'd find the silver lining. Mm. And I wanted to say, please, please don't yeah. <laughs> take away my grief. Like, just let me be in this. Be, I, I think in our culture, especially we're so uncomfortable with our own grief and we're so uncomfortable with other people's grief we don't know how to hold space for it. So we're like, no, it's going to be okay. Or, you know, I'm really sorry for your loss. And, and it's an, it's an awkward place for us to be in inside ourselves and with each other. And I hope that as we continue to evolve as humans, 
we really honor, we honor grief and we support each other in, in going into that. Because I know in my personal experience, I, you know, when I got the other side of grief, that's where I found the surrender. That's where I could honestly say, man, I, I guess this did happen for my highest good and, and yes. feel it and yes. not, feel not spiritually yeah. bypass it. Yes. Like really under, not really understand intellectually, but understand mm. in my cells and my knowing mm. that this wasn't a punishment and there is something else at play here that, that I, I don't know what it is. And so mm. continuing to open my heart because, you know, when we have any kind of loss, we want to protect. And yes. the more we protect, the less we surrender. And you brought up something and I don't know if you're willing to go in and I, you know, sure. I think it as personal as you want, but you brought up something that so many people have trouble with, which is a breakup. Yeah. I talked to, you know, person after person after person who can't let go of an ex, can't get mm -hmm. over it. Why? Why did it happen? If they were the one that was broken up with, what did I do wrong? How could I fix it? Give me a time machine so I can go back and do it differently. Mm -hmm. If they were the one who left, did I do the right thing? Now I can't find anybody else. Let me have a time machine and go back and make a different choice. Would, would you be willing to share a little bit about your breakup and how you moved into surrender mm -hmm. and actually let it go. Cause I think a lot of people are still, even if they're broken up, they're still in the relationship because they haven't let it go. Uh, yeah. For me. Uh, and, and, and it's been this way, I think throughout my life is cause I feel very deeply. I think for me, the quickest way, I know this might sound a little strange to some people, the quickest way through a breakup or loss is to feel it fully. The quickest way through a breakup is to actually, at least for me, to not distract myself in any way, but to really, with awareness, with compassion, with empathy, to carve the space and create the time to be fully present with the heartbreak and the grief and the feelings that arise and allow them to move through. I have found that the more I was able to do that, the more feelings came up, the more layers of grief comes up because grief moves through in, in phases. It's not a, it's not a timeline. It's, it happens in stages. And so for me, the more I was able to grieve and feel, feel the loss, feel the pain, feel the hurt, feel the sadness, feel the tears, feel whatever the, the anger, the, whatever it was that was coming, the regret that was coming through, uh, there's a lightness, you know, the feelings move. And so I have a tendency when there's, when there's a, a moment of grief to, and it's just through, let's say, different moments of loss in my life to go right into it, into the heart of it and breathe into it and feel it with full uh, <clears throat> consciousness, intention and awareness. And uh, that's really been really profound for me. One of the things, and I'll come back to, to specifically your question. I remember when my mother passed away, this was another intense I mean, you could say it was a breakup, but not romantic. You know, it was, it was a real breaking of my heart when my mother passed away, which was one of the things that inspired the book. Um, it was, I, I was grieving for an entire year of seeing this woman. I love the woman I love the most just die. Like seeing her wither away in a year from fat and healthy and, you know, plump to just bones. And I can't tell you what what that does. I mean, for me, it was so impactful. But the grieving started when 
like a couple of weeks into the process of realizing my mother was going to die, I went to see my mother. She was in London. I was in LA. I was going back and forth every month. I went to see my mother and my intention was to heal her. I was going to give her the green juice and the powders and the this, and I was going to fix her, get her well, alternative, you know, homeopathic. And after a few weeks, even before the doctors told me, I realized that she was not going to make it. And there was levels of grief that started to move through. But for me, when I really began to, to let's say, fully accept and surrender to the fact that she was going to die and I was going to lose her and this was it very early on, it, it actually, rather than resisting that, it, it started to free me up. It was painful. It was hard. There was, it was like a slow death, you know, and, and yet because of that, it allowed me, it gave me the ability to feel the preciousness of every moment I had with her because I was no longer, honestly, I was no longer hoping that she would live. I was no longer resisting that she was going to die. She was going to die. I could feel it. I could sense it. I just, I knew it. I knew it was coming based on everything that was happening. And so that really made me inhale and squeeze every, the grieving opened me up to, to squeezing every moment of preciousness I could with my mother. And then when she part, like, Every text could be the last text. Every phone call could be the last phone, phone call. Every time I touched her hand, could like literally could be the last time. I would put my my hand on my mother's heart when she would sleep, and and just I remember feeling this, hearing this voice that said, "Feel your mother's breath. This could be the last time you feel her breathing. Feel it." And so it brings everything into focus. And then when she passed away. You know, another layer of grief and the reality just hits you and it really hit me, you know. And and I remember just giving myself the space to just feel it all, whatever was coming through, whether it was tears, whether it was emotion, just feeling it. But you know what was interesting, Christine? It was it was literally as though in that grieving, my heart broke open. It broke. Like 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 my heart broke open, but it's only through allowing the grief that you kind of have this experience through the process of allowing my heart to break open, to shatter open. Mm -hmm. it, it was as though in the grieving, the shape or the container of the size of my heart broke each layer of grief. I processed the shape of my heart broke open to another dimension, mm. another expansion. And then there was more love. It was like, whoa, shit, I, so much more love. And then I'd hold that for a moment, a week or two, whatever the timeline was. And then there was another wave of grief. And then it was like the shape of my heart would just shattered open again. And there was more love. And so it was through processing those layers of grief that, 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 that I think we also realize, I realize, we realize that the heart cannot really be broken. You know, yeah. it, it gets broken open, but there's a whole different type of strength that comes from allowing the heart to break open and feeling the strength that arises and who you are once the heart's been broken open and you're still there, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a deep, there's a richness and a deeper strength that I found in that process of grieving. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and so 
I really feel like if we limit the grief, we limit the love. And so grieving has allowed me to love even more deeply, even more fully each moment with even more strength, because I think through the grieving, there's a deeper trust that we cultivate, at least in our ability to be okay, in our ability to like trust our heart's capacity to, to, to function and survive. And so there's a cycle of grief and love that then I think can keep expanding. And so even in the heartbreak, the romantic heartbreak, trusting that it was it was literally just going deep into it and allowing the waves to move through and the waves to move through and, and you know i think i think when we allow ourselves to grieve it's a clearing yeah you know it's a clearing and so strange as it sounds i mean it, it took a moment but i think i was able to process through the break like my mother's death as one example and let's say the breakup a hell of a lot more quickly than if I had distracted myself and yes. and and rationalized and avoided and and so you know I was able to move through it and through that grieving allowed me to really uh, find uh, come to peace genuine peace and surrender and find and understand the lesson and the deeper sort of soul reason for that experience and that relationship and that situation and why it came into being and the karmic understanding is able to to come to a place of what a gift it was then even come to a place of i'm so glad that didn't work out Mm, you know mm -hmm. I'm, i'm like thank god it didn't work out because from the other side there's even more clarity and so to be able to to be able to then come to a place of thank you thank you like thanking another soul like thank you and the words may not be quite exact but i'll just say it this way because it just sounds more poetic you know thank you for breaking my heart yeah yeah and really feeling that for the other person yeah i've definitely said that a few times in my life took me a while to get there but i've definitely said that and i'm curious about how you'd answer this so for people listening I think there's people that may feel like they're stuck in their grief, mm-hmm. that they are still sad. They're still crying. They, they just, they can't seem to move beyond what they may think is grief, but may just be sadness. Do you think people that feel stuck maybe haven't actually gone to the depths of grief and they're kind of just hovering in the sadness? Okay. I think there may be a couple of things I might speak to. Yeah. It's possible that one thing that might be going on, and again, it's delicate. And so yes, as you're listening to this, it's, it's so delicate. So so I'm just going to speak to a few different things. And then those listening in, as you're listening in, you can feel into if it's any of these. One thing might be that you think you're feeling mm-hmm. the grief, but you're not necessarily deeply feeling the grief. You might be you might be emoting and crying on one level, but in your mind judging the energy of the emotion that you're feeling. And so as a result, not fully, truly present to, pre- really present to and touching into the authentic nature of the feeling to allow that to move because, in fact, you're 
there's a place of being in the mind and thinking about the grief that you're feeling rather than being with it fully present, being fully present with it. Because I think it's when we're able to be fully present with the grieving as an energy. So, so to me, all feelings remain present till fully felt. And so if we're able, if you're feeling the grief, one thing, if you're able to perhaps even take the label off of grieving, because sometimes when we put labels on the feeling, we stay in our minds about it and we're more in our minds about it than truly feeling it, even though there's, there's emotion there. Mm. And so I think when we can take the label off and even just experience that grieving as sensation, as energy, as, 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 as a quality or texture in the body without a label. So it's not good or bad, and there's no association in the mind about grieving is good or grieving is bad. To just experience your experience of it fully present in your body, the sensations, and allow yourself to notice and see what your experience is and what happens and how it moves so that you're fully just touching and being with and experiencing the energy and sensation through your body, allowing it to move and being present with it without the mind's interference so that it can maybe begin to complete itself, mm. you know? And mm. I think that's a way to experience it fully without mind or without judgment uh, interference. So yeah. that, that's, that, that's one thing I would say. Before you go on, I just want to give people a visual. What that is like for me mm. is letting the emotion sort of overtake me where there's no, there's really no thought. It's just, it's, it's yes. all feeling. And yes. it's, you know, I'm remembering a time when I was going through that and it would just be a moment where I'd be walking to the kitchen and just collapse to the ground and tears and sobbing and yelling. And just, it, it's just the emotion is running the show. There's no thinking about what happened. It's just all feeling and it, it's waves and it's wild, and it's raw, and it's messy, um, which is to me very different than sitting and crying about something and thinking about how sad I am. Exactly. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. I think you just hit it right on the head, thinking about how sad I am and feeling sad, but thinking about it. So, right. so you're not really, you're not really processing it. You know, yeah. you're not really moving through it. And so that's why I think sometimes we we think we're feeling, but we're actually not feeling. We're yeah. thinking about how sad we are. And I think that's such a, a beautiful sort of simple description. The other thing m might be, and I won't go too much into this, but it, it just might be there's, there's just more layers and deeper layers that we haven't allowed ourselves to fully feel yet uh, because we're resisting it. And so to be able to let those layers, you know, because I think grief can happen in layers to allow to not be afraid to allow those layers to move through. Because I think as we allow a layer to move through and another layer, like when my mother passed away, there were, there were moments of deep grieving and then I'd be fine for weeks. Yep. And then maybe something would trigger it. And so just exactly as you said, what I would allow is just not judge it, just let it move through and it would dissolve. And then there was some space and it was, it was like just peeling an onion. You yep. know, and just just surrendering to that humanness and just allowing those deeper layers. So it could be that there's more layers also to feel through, to process and complete, 
another thing might be if someone is sort of stuck in that grieving process continuously, and this might sound a little harsh in some way, but it could be that there's some uh, either conscious or even unconscious payoff that you might have for mm-hmm. not letting go of the grief, for staying stuck in that emotion of, let's say, heaviness or sadness in some way, like a payoff. Like people might say, well, so I would say, well, what are you getting out of it? What's the payoff? And someone might say, well, there's freaking no payoff for this week. <laughs> but sometimes there is a payoff. Sometimes we hold on to that emotion, as, as strange as it might sound, even as a protection mechanism. Like if I, if I keep this grief, if I keep this heaviness, this sadness, then I don't have to open my heart again. Yep. And I don't have to feel again. And so in a strange way, that's the payoff. Because if I, shit, if I let this go, I might have to, now I don't have any excuse as to why I'm not maybe putting myself out there and open to dating and loving again. But if I hold on to this grief, then it becomes a way to protect ourselves. That can be one. Sometimes that payoff can be, so I think everyone can find their different payoff as to why not letting go. And so that payoff might be being right. That payoff might be proving a point. I mean, there's so many different payoffs that could be there. Yeah. So getting attention think, for you know, getting being atten- sad. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Getting attention for being sad and all your friends checking up on you. Oh, Christine, oh, you okay? Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my God. Let's go visit Cool. Let's mm-hmm. see how you do. And, oh, and, and so as strange as it sounds, you know, we're trying to get that connection in, in a way that maybe isn't so effective. And so being willing to be really honest and say, okay, if it's been years and I'm not letting this go and it's been years and I say, I really do want to move on, but I'm not, I think we've got to get real. Is there some, is there a payoff that I have for not letting this go? Because sometimes the, 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 the feeling of grieving or that sad might, might, might be an addiction. And so it can be an addiction, an addictive quality within ourselves or what we're seeking to get from someone else. So mm. be, be honest about be honest about the payoff. Be honest about that with yourself and, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. move through. Move through. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard one. Um, but that, that self-honesty is freedom. It really, really is. For and sure. So for people who may be listening, who may not be going through grieving or a loss and life is just kind of going okay, how can they practice surrender? When there isn't like a stimulating event, how do we make surrender something that is is just part of our, how we live? Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a couple of things. One thing I'll go one direction and I'll come to just a bit more of the daily. I think one of the ways we can begin practicing surrender uh, in our lives is just beginning to feel, and again, we may not be aware if everything seems to be fine in quotation marks, right? <laughs> <laughs> fine until shit falls apart, right. or fine until. But but even just just kind of feeling into your own process and development, feeling into okay, are there any places? Are there any? Are there any places where I'm not being honest? Are there any places where I'm not telling the truth to myself about what I feel? You know, are there any places where I'm settling? Because sometimes things seem fine, but we, we, we've, we've become accustomed to that. You mm-hmm. know, we've, we've settled and we don't even know. We, it's just normal. And, and so we, we may have numbed ourselves from what we're really feeling. And so I think, and what's really going on inside of us. So I think just, just being willing to explore, huh, are there any lies I'm telling myself? Is there anything I'm not feeling? Is there anything I'm not acknowledging? What lies am I telling myself? 
know, what, is there anything I'm pretending to not know? What, what is it costing me? And just kind of, I think the more we can get into deeper levels of truth with who we are, with what we truly authentically want, with what we really feel, then I think we can also start moving into a deeper dimension of surrender in our life. For instance, if someone is working, maybe you're working a job and it's fine, you know, you make money, it's great, it's okay, it's not terrible, you might even be successful. Uh, but, but to really maybe be honest, like everything's fine, but maybe I'm not fo- deeply satisfied, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe everything's fine, Christine. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just going to work, I'm doing well, but there's that niggling feeling inside sometimes of like, mm, I, I'm like, maybe this is not my mm-hmm. true purpose, the reason for why I was born. And, and so, you know, we, we sometimes tend to not rock the boat or question. So just feeling feeling like, huh, what do I really feel? Sometimes we're afraid to feel really deeply and open that door because we're afraid of the consequences of what that might mean, you know? And so just begin by feeling. Mm. Are there any places that I'm not being honest? I'm not being authentic. I'm not telling the truth that I'm lying to myself about who I am, what I want, or my true hearts and souls desire. And I think that's a place that, that we can start. That's a place that yeah. People can just just begin to open the door. To me, surrender is not something like where you have to like sell everything, move to the Himalayas, you know, get a divorce, <laughs> and oh shit, you know, just like uh, move to an ashram, and it, it doesn't have to be like that. But I think just beginning to feel what is my truth? Is there a deeper truth? Because I think in so many ways we deny the deeper levels of truth of our soul, of mm. our heart. Those those nudgings. I think one of the other things we can do is, is just beginning to pay attention to those subtle nudgings of our soul mm-hmm. in, in small ways, because surrender and the way I think we're guided, it doesn't always have to be this big siren bell that the universe gives us and light bells goes, goes off. It can be very gentle where the universe kind of nudges us, you know, it's like a nudging. Hey, check that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Look at that place. Uh, read that book. You know. Uh, so start. No, I would say to practice surrender. Start noticing what lights you up a little, even if it's a little bit. Start noticing what gets your attention. Start noticing where your where, where, where the energy. Because I believe life has its own energy. Where the energy of life is is kind of like moving. Like oh, it's like the wave. The wave mm-hmm. is moving in a direction. Where is the wave of light? Where is it moving? Like oh, I'm. I'm kind of guided to like why am i guided to 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 to, to look into this field well, why do i want to go over there why don't why, why am i feeling nudging to go explore that hobby and uh, it's just observe those nudgings mm-hmm. don't question just just lean in and then take a step in that direction because i think those those subtle nudgings are simply the one soul beginning to sort of peek through and knock and whisper gently and i think if we follow those nudgings then we will often be guided in ways and in directions that from our current perspective, we may not be able to see where the trajectory of that will lead us. Uh, But if we take a step and take another step and take another step and keep leaning in, life begins to reveal itself. And if we keep moving in a direction and follow those subtle nudgings of life and follow the soul, soul whisperings, then, then I think we, we often end up in, in destinations that are beyond what we could imagine for ourselves in this moment, you know? Yeah. 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 I like that you made the distinction between 
you know, this huge, loud sound and we serve, we sell everything and move to the Himalayas <laughs> or whatever. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It and doesn't. what I'm hearing in terms of how you see surrender, and I agree with this that people may not think about is like surrendering what you think is true. Like yes. think what you, you know, you're questioning your routine, questioning mm -hmm. the way you do things, not in the sense of, do I need to quit this job or leave this relationship, but just really checking in and going, all right, how much am I in this? Because it's just what I know versus this is like truly satisfying. So it's that, it's that it's, it's the noticing it's the paying attention to the nudges. It's not just selling everything and seeing where the wind takes you. It seems like it's a co-active process. It's not a passive process. Yeah. And I think one of, one of the things that's really important in terms of surrender is a quality that I find really important is curiosity, mm. you know, is the willingness to live with curiosity. Many times I think we go through life and we think we know, yeah. but we think we know what everything is. We think we know what is, what isn't, how things are going to be. We think we know when something happens, we immediately impose meaning onto an event that happens like we know what it means. The challenge is sometimes we're right, maybe, possibly, but many times the filter of interpretation of how we interpret an, ex an experience or an event is filtered through the lens of our conditioning, the lens of our current level of consciousness, the lens of our mind, which is conditioned by past programming, childhood, et cetera, et cetera. And so many times when we see when something happens and we interpret that, the our interpretation of what something means in the moment is not necessarily reality. It is our interpretation of reality, mm. which might be limited from the perspective of our ego or the perspective of our mind. And so one of the things that I think we can start doing to even in just we're talking now just daily life practice. So how do I practice surrender if everything seems OK? Stop. Take a moment to step back when things happen. Stop actually automatically filtering and imposing a preset meaning onto everything that happens mm. because when we are when we go into an experience thinking oh i already know we meet Christ i meet i meet my friend christine right i already know what's going to happen i already know what's going to happen over here i already know what this is what this means and then we end up i think not being truly open to life then we then i think we also end up not being fully available we miss the curiosity and so just begin practicing giving up the the attachment to thinking that you know what something is so that you can actually be, uh, shall we say, available to, to life, available mm. to new possibilities. Like, okay, I don't know what this means. I don't know what might happen. And just say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know what this relationship means right now. Go, you go on a date and you're like, you know, one of the things that my friends used to laugh about me years ago is like, to meet someone is like this is my soulmate you know and so actually just go 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 on a date and just say i don't know let's see let's see let's 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 just be open then i think we're able to provide the space even in the, the simple moments of life to allow life to lead us and i think that's part of surrender is the willingness to 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 not push life in a direction but allow life in its own unique creative intelligence to show us, then our job becomes, I think, to sort of follow the energy. So the curiosity is key. Giving up that need to know is key. And I think when we allow ourselves to be led 
and guided, I think that's when that's mm-hmm. when things happen that we 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 couldn't plan. Mm-hmm. So what what one other thing I would just invite folks to sit with, and this is a question that I've been really meditating on and marinating on for for a while now. Um, but many times, even when we set goals, right, and it's just to me what I'm excited about is just helping people maybe shift perspective from I, let's say the ego. Uh, the ego model of creating or manifesting one's life, which tends to be more about what do you want? Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you want? Right. What does Christine want? What does Coop want? What do you, what do I want? It's great. I'm not saying you can't manifest your life and a decent life and a good life that way, but I feel it will tend to be a limited life because the mind to which we're perceiving is to a degree limited to our past experience. And so the old paradigm for me is what do I want? What I would invite people to sit with as they marinate, as they journal, as they meditate, as they think about their futures and creating a life, I would invite everyone to sit with the question, what is it that life wants to express through me? What is it that life wants to manifest through me? What is it that life wants to write through me, You know, speak through me, journal through me, business through me, purpose through me, and, and just be, be open? And listen and feel and attune to the deeper, the deepest impulse without judgment, without rationalization, without explanation. Feel the authentic deep impulse of, of the energy, of the feelings, of the nudgings. Like what is it that life wants to express through me? And I think when we can create the space and the stillness to listen and then align with that, then I think, mm-hmm. then I think. And I find that magic starts happening, beauty starts happening, things start unfolding. Like for me, this book, Magic of Surrender, Christine, was not, I don't know if I told you or not, but this was not the book I thought I was going to write at all. You know, I had you all didn't these tell other, me, no. I had all of these other, <laughs> I, I had all of these other, I had an entire whiteboard the size of my wall of ideas and, and books and thoughts of what I thought would sell. And what I thought would do really well. And literally one day, I felt as though the soul of this book just dropped beyond me. And I was kind of surprised. But I was also surprised that how I had not seen it, it seemed so obvious when it dropped. And when I felt the soul of this book, Mm -hmm. I was resisting at first because I thought I should be writing a different kind of book. And then it just became clear, like, this is the book that is seeking to be written. Maybe not the book that I thought I wanted to write, but this is the book that is seeking to be written. And it had an energy of its own. It had a life of its own. It had a, it had a soul of its own. And then for me, it was just about surrendering to that and aligning with that. And I realized in that moment that I was just simply the messenger for the message of this mm-hmm. book. You know. And so, yeah, the question becomes, what is a life seeking to express through me? And I think when we when we open at least open to that question, we expand our awareness to be even more available to the bigger possibilities, to the bigger dream. Because I I, I think in many ways, what life can manifest through us and create through us and vision through us is beyond what we can even imagine for ourselves. And if you look at Gandhi and, you know, Mandela and Mother Teresa, I know those sound like, like, oh, like superheroes, but they were just normal people, you know, mm. like you like you and I, they were just normal. And many times we look at them and go, oh, they're special. 
that to me, that's a cop-out. They were just normal like you and I, but they chose to apply themselves and commit themselves and surrender themselves in ways and move in the direction of their soul's calling. Mm, mm, I love that. I love that so much. And this is one of those things that as we're talking, everyone listening might be like, how, how, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I? <laughs> and, and the magic of surrender is there really isn't a how. It's not really a how. It's not a five-step process. If anyone sell, tries to sell not. you a course, the five steps to surrender, don't buy it. It's, it's not, <laughs> if, if it was that simple, then shit, we, we would just be all levitating at this point, I you know? know? Life is a process of surrender. Every moment is a process. This whole thing that we're living I mean, you know, we're running around, going to work, going on vacation, doing this and that. This whole life process is, is really surrender. We can yeah. surrender now. We can surrender tomorrow. We can surrender, you know, at, at next lifetime. But the bottom line, all of us, we will all have to surrender in the moment of death. Yeah. None of us makes it out. We will have to surrender in that moment. And, yeah, uh, there's yeah. no five, two, three, four-step formula. I mean, there's, there's, there's pointers that you and I can give, you know, but right. I think we, we have to live it and we have to go through it and open to it and embrace it. Well, what I love about your book, which I'm halfway through is you incorporate so many stories. And mm. I think that's a beautiful way to teach and to share about the experience of surrender because through story and through visual and through metaphor, it makes it real. And we'll talk about where people can get the book in, in a moment, but just to summarize, you know, some of the things that you've said, so people can really start to practice and, and welcome more surrender in their life is look at the areas where you haven't grieved. Look at where yes. you're still holding on to things yes. and let that grief be a doorway into surrender. Look at the areas where you're settling or just complacent or just assuming you're fine, mm. quote unquote. You know, look at the nudges from the universe or, or from other people or just, just nudges in general. Pay attention. You know, we're so, we have our head in our phone, literally and metaphorically so often that we're not looking up and looking around and paying attention to, to all the things that, that are there. And then, you know, when things happen in our life, instead of assuming it's for the worst, feel the feelings about it. But then, like you said, Coop, be curious and go, huh. You know, I don't really know why this is happening, but I can be curious about it. And we have to be patient with the why, because there's things that have happened in my life that I didn't understand until years later. Yep. And there's things that have happened that I still don't understand and, and I may never. And that's okay. We don't have to know everything or, you know, just knowing everything isn't the key to contentment and happiness and peace. I found it, it's, it's being willing to be in this classroom, like you said, and have a relationship with uncertainty that isn't terrifying. You know, mm. there's going to be uncertainty. There's going to be the unknown. And as someone who mm. likes to know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, been, that's been a lesson that I've learned. And I know your book, The Magic of Surrender, is just such a great resource for people that want to live a richer, deeper life and don't want to be ruled by expectations and schedules and shoulds and all the controlling things that oftentimes keep us from really actually living into our highest potential, but really mm -hmm. want a guidebook for how we live and approach life a different way. It's just, it's just a really beautiful book. I'm excited to finish it. Is there anything that you want to share in particular about the book that you think would be useful to everybody? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think we've said a lot. I think it's all there. You know, I would just say, look, if you want the magic, if you want more magic, and for me, magic could be. I'm not here to tell you what magic is. It could be more abundance, more joy, more beyond what you can imagine for yourself. That's really for me what magic is. Mm. If you want more magic, you got to surrender. And to me, surrender is the password. Surrender is the passcode yeah. to freedom. And I really believe in my heart that letting go leads to more. And if you follow your soul, if you follow your deeper soul's impulse, intention, this energy inside Mm. of you, this life force inside of you, without compromise, if you follow that, nudging and be true to that, you will always end up in the perfect place. The route that the universe might take you on may not be the route you expected, but you will end up exactly where you need to be because you will be in the flow of your true destiny. Sometimes, you know, we trust, we, it's funny, we trust Siri sometimes, you know, Siri, <laughs> we trust Siri more than we trust our soul. So we yeah. trust Siri, Siri, turn left. Okay, turn left, turn right. We never say to Siri, hey Siri, are you sure about that? Have you been there? Do you know that? We don't question Siri, but our soul says, hey, this is what you were born for. Our soul says, you're meant to write this book. Our soul says, go in that direction. And we, and we start questioning. Yeah. Let's trust like, like right now, you and I are having this conversation, you're breathing, I'm breathing. There's hundreds of breaths that have been, ha- thousands of breaths that's been happening. We're not sitting here going, oh my God, breathe, breathe, yeah. breathe, doing some special meditation technique to breathe. Breath is just happening. We're being breathed right now. There are trillions and trillions of processes that are happening inside of your body, my body, our body. You know, we, we ate this morning and digestion is happening. Nutrition is happening. The eye, eyesight, so many things that trillions of process happening inside of you, inside of me, inside of 8 billion people. I've never come out in the morning and the sun hasn't been shining mm. and it's been pitch black. It's like, oh, what happened to the sun? <laughs> Just forgot to come out. To me, there is an intelligence of life. And all I want to say is the same intelligence that's beating my heart, beating your heart, functioning all of existence. I really believe. This intelligence, this innate intelligence that birthed us, is living us, is functioning us, it knows. If we're willing to get ourselves out of the way and trust it, it knows how to fulfill itself through us. Look what it did through, you know, Gandhi and Jesus and Buddha. Look what it did through them. Mm. What it can do through us, I really believe is more than we can do on our own. And to me, that is the surrender and that is the key to greatness that I feel we are all here to step into and live. Whew. Oh, my friend, you do know how to preach. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, people, and people that read the book will understand that comment even more. So we'll just leave that little cliffhanger on that one and get a little more of Coot's, Coot's story. He has an incredible, incredible story. Where can people get the book and connect yeah. with you, Coot? Well, it's a, yeah, the book's available on Amazon. Um, you can buy the book there. Um, once you go there, by the way, go to www.themagicofsurrender.com. And then there's a bunch of free gifts and resources to help you integrate support uh, and and uh, live the book and live surrender in your life. Uh, also, my website, a couple of them, kublaxon.com. All my info's there and boundlessblissbali.com. All the info's there. Mm. Are you going to be doing some more of your Bali retreats soon? Yeah, we're due to do one uh, in December. Bali ah. seems to be opening in July. so Okay, yeah. people. I'm not doing retreats in Bali anymore. And even if I was, I'd still send you Coot because he's amazing. <laughs> His, if you're like, ooh, Bali, retreat, ding, 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 if something's lighting up about that, 
I would I recommend it. it. Get ready. Yeah, he's he's cute's a special one. If you if you want to go to the next level, I highly recommend his work. So first step, go buy the book Magic of Surrender. Read it with yes. me. I'm loving it. Thank you, Coot. I love you. Love you.